0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Tokyo Daily. Geez, it's quickly coming to an end now. It feels like it just started a couple days ago, but it is day 15 of the Olympic Games today. My name is Harp. I'm here to guide you through all the events that you should be watching from your couch because you're probably in lockdown. On a Saturday, what else are you going to do? Watch the Olympics on your couch all day. That's the thing to do, I reckon. So I'm going to guide you through the schedule for today. Uh, I've got a good interview for you about a very, very interesting uh, event that's happened in the last couple of days for a couple of Aussie teams, sandwiched in the middle. And before that, I'm going to preview, uh, review, sorry, all that happened in the Olympic Games yesterday. So I'll get to that in a sec. But first, uh, a story about uh, COVID in Japan and. Firstly, I've just got to recommend listening to my interview with Yoshi Kasahara, a Japanese local who gave his take on COVID and the whole Olympic situation and the politics in Japan. So that's in the back catalogue from just a couple of days ago of Where Do We Begin. So I highly recommend listening to that one. And on that same kind of topic, uh, one of the leaders of the kind of Biggest threat to the current um, political setup in Japan uh, is and the a leader of the constitutional democratic party called Yukio Edano, and he had an interview with the Age and the Sydney Morning Herald. Um, he. Oh, geez, he, he was very, very strong in his criticism of the government led by Yoshihide Suga, uh, the current prime minister. He says Japan must learn from Australia's COVID uh, strategy in that interview. And he's, he called it the response, an utter failure. And he also said that no amount of Olympic gold for Japan would compensate for, quote, putting the lives and the health of the Japanese people in a grave situation. Strong, strong words from the opposition leader. And as Yoshi said, we could see a change in the political leadership in Japan for the first time in a long, long time if the people, uh, if their views of some of the protesters are shared because crisis time at the moment in Japan, crazy stuff going on there. But I'll talk about them because that's what the show is all about. Tokyo Daily, we're talking about the Olympics. <sighs> Big one yesterday, the beach volleyball final, the beach volleyball gold medal match. First time Australia have had a sh- uh, shot at a medal since Sydney 2000. Uh, Maria Murray- Fe, Artacho Dalsala, and Telequa Clancy. Coming up against the US, April Ross and Alex Kleinman. Uh, and a bit of an odd couple, these two, for Australia. You would not have predicted these two to be pairing up uh, to represent Australia at beach volleyball. I don't know, maybe 10 years ago, because uh, before Taliqua, there had been no indigenous volleyballs, beach volleyballs for Australia ever. Uh, she's from regional Queensland. And Maria Fay, uh, she only moved to Australia when she was 11. She's originally from Peru. So that's a, it's a strange old pairing we've got there, but one that we love sadly. They didn't quite beat the US. The US were a bit too strong. They won 21 15, 21 16 straight sets. Yeah, they're just too good in the end. Kerry Podhast, the commentator and the winner of a gold for Australia in 2000, she said just way too many errors on the serve and too many on the attack as well. And if you've got too many errors on the serve and too many on the attack, things aren't going to look very good for you uh, in terms of the results. So disappointed there. But still, they won silver, which is another medal into the tally. And speaking of medals, Harry Garside, we knew he was guaranteed a medal. Uh, in the boxing, in the lightweight boxing, because they don't have bronze medal match in that. If you make the semi final, you're guaranteed a bronze medal at least in the semi final of the lightweight. He was coming up against a Cuban superstar, Andy Cruz. Unfortunately, lost by unanimous decision, 5 0 from the judges. Andy Cruz, like the US in the beach volleyball, just too good, really. And he'll be coming up against uh, Keyshawn Davis in the final of the lightweight boxing. Uh, So, medal tally, uh, of course, Harry Garside confirmed bronze medal. We were fourth yesterday. We've gone down to sixth. Team GB and the ROC have both overtaking us. So, yeah, a couple of days to go. Hopefully, we can overtake them again because we're equal on gold with the ROC and one off Great Britain. Uh, Top three basically confirmed China, US, Japan. Uh, And, yeah, 17 gold medals, nothing to be scoffed at because we've never won more than 17. Could be in with a shot with a couple of events tomorrow that I'll preview a bit later on. But uh, I'll I'll continue on the review from yesterday. So in the 1,500-meter final for the women, had a couple Aussies, Lyndon Hall and Jess Hull. Jess Hull finished 11th. Lyndon Hall smashed it. Uh, 3.59.01. She finished sixth, and the Kenyan faith uh, Kip Yegon, uh won in an Olympic record time of 3 minutes 51.11. Another medal, though, from yesterday for Australia, Australia Kelsey Lee Barber in the javelin. She has been much publicized. She's been going through the yips. Uh, she's had the yips in the last few years, really. Leading up to this event, she could not throw... To save herself, really, she could not uh, not throw the javelin anywhere near uh, her best. But she got herself a bronze medal, sixty-four point five six meters. Jeez, got a bit of a scare when Turkey's uh, Eder Tugsoz threw uh, just four centimeters off that mark with her final shot. So, jeez, the nerves must have been jangling then uh, when that was flying through the air. And the Chinese woman, Shi Ying Liu, uh, won with sixty-six point three four. Absolutely. (laughs) <laughs> way ahead of anyone else, Poland's Maria uh Silva with 64.61, and a couple other Aussies, 6th and 8th, Catherine Mitchell and Mackenzie Little, respectively, and friend of the show, Carly McCulloch, uh, we, we love her here, she was a great guest uh, early on in our Olympic series, check out the episode if you haven't already, well worth it, even though her Olympic campaign is over, because she got knocked out in the individual sprint and in the track cycling in the round of 16 repercharge after she got through the round of 32, a repercharge in that, but that round of 16 just proved a round too far for her to progress. Uh, yeah, still did very well considering what she's been through. Some, geez, it's a crazy story. <laughs> you got to listen to that episode. Or injuries, mental health battles, all kinds of stuff. It's... oh an astonishing story and it's amazing that she's even there and uh, some other amazing stuff off the Australian kind of topic uh, in the 4 by 100 meters, in the running relay in the women's one uh, Jamaica got themselves a gold medal not entirely unexpected they're very, very very good at running I think we've learned that over the years but in the men's the Jamaicans didn't quite get themselves a gold medal guess who got it they've been smashing it in sport really in the last month or so They won uh, the 100-meter final in the men's, the men's and women's 20K race walks, and the high jump, and uh, the Euros as well, last month. You know who I'm talking about. Italy won the 4x100-meter gold. Of course, Marcel Jacobs, um, a superstar for them. He won the individual 100-meter final. And an interesting one, the US, they are a team who is packed with stars. They've got amazing strength and depth, stars all over the place who make finals in individual events, but they miss the final. Then uh, the only the only medal they've got, uh, sorry, the only gold they've got in uh, athletics for the men is in shot put. So this could mean that if they don't get to pick up a medal in the next couple of days, which if they continue on this form, they probably won't, they're going to miss uh, a podium place on the track for the first time ever. Ever by their boycott in nineteen eighty. So, geez, pretty pretty shocking run of form for the entire track team uh, in <laughs> for the for the US for the US men uh, in the basketball. Though this was a very very interesting one. France, they're a, they're a strong team. They're a strong team. France, Japan, not as much of a strong team. So women's basketball semi final. You guessed it. Japan beat France eighty seven to seventy one. So they're going to play the US in the final. Geez, uh, I wouldn't be putting any money on. Well, I'm not a betting man, I wouldn't put money on anyone, but I definitely wouldn't be putting money on Japan because US are a very, very strong team as they showed against the Opals. But who knows, considering the run Japan's been on? Oh, home ground advantage, maybe? Anything could go into it, really. But another one, uh, not quite no, a bit further on from a semi final in the women's football. And I'll tell you what. This game really got on my nerves because, uh, for you guys who don't know, I, record, I usually would like to record the show at about 11 p.m. Uh, the night before it comes out. You know, uh, do, do a few hours of prep before that and then record at 11 p.m. Usually go to bed at 2.30 or 3.00 once it's all ready for upload. But this game finished at about 1 a.m. Melbourne time. So it's currently 1.17 a.m. And the game I'm talking about is Canada versus Sweden in the women's football final uh, the reason it went so long is that it was pu- pushed back to ten PM, uh, t- ten PM local time, because of the, because of the heat, really. And uh, it went to extra time, and then penalties it was one all after extra time, and then oh, geez, this was very very annoying for me. Seven of the first eleven penalties got missed, so the penalty shootout kept on dragging on and on and on. It was very entertaining, but not great for my sleep schedule, I must say. Canada ended up uh, winning 3 uh, 2 on penalties. Both teams missed three penalties in a row, but Canada won the women's football final 3 2 on penalties. Their first women's soccer gold medal, women's football gold medal, first shootout to decide a women's football gold medal, and Julia Grosso scored the winner. Great to see for Canada after that shock result against the US in the semi final, and they were definitely underdogs in this one as well, so good on them. And another women's final that happened was in the hockey. Netherlands against Argentina, and the Netherlands got up 3-1, and we've actually got a bit of a hockey expert on that I'll hand you over to. Georgia announce uh former Olympian, former hockey-roo, uh, about 200 caps for the hockey-roos, I reckon. So, geez, absolute superstar of the sport when she was playing it. She's now playing Aussie rules, but I'll hand you over to our expert, my interview with Georgia announce Hey Georgia, thanks so much for coming on the show again, talking about all the hockey. I bet you're probably feeling a bit emotionally hurt after those last few days for the Australian teams, eh? Hey?
1: Yeah, um, I think uh, it's been a little bit of a, a tough, tough few days for Australian hockey. Um, not so much, I mean, for the men to, to make the gold medal game was was huge, and, and unfortunately they they couldn't get it done in the end. Um, but should certainly be very proud of. Of the silver medal, um, but yeah, for the girls, um, yeah, I, I certainly felt the the pain um, watching, having having sort of been through similar in the past, and I guess for the, the start of their tournament being so so promising, um, you know, being undefeated in the in the round matches to to go down to India in a quarterfinal is pretty uh, gut wrenching, but um, yeah, that's that's sport, I guess.
0: Yeah, so maybe we'll start on that those women's games. Um, yeah, I think we'd only conceded one goal in the group stage, undefeated, won all our games, and then conceded one goal against India, lose it from that. H- how do you reckon the girls are feeling after that? Devastated, obviously, but do, how do you reckon they're going to reflect on the tournament?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think I think they should um, certainly be proud of, of the tournament they had. It was always going to be difficult going in, having pretty uh, limited preparation, um, playing I think six games against New Zealand in eighteen months. Months is is always not going to be ideal, but they certainly uh, certainly did everyone proud um, with their performances and showed that they could. You know, put all that behind them and and um, and play some really good hockey through the round games. And un- unfortunately, that, that quarterfinal system, uh, it doesn't really reward you too much for finishing top of your pool. And, uh, yeah, as you say, one goal against India uh, was enough to, to knock them out of the tournament. So, yeah, it'll certainly be very hard for them, I think. Um, well, they've got two weeks of quarantine, unfortunately, to, to reflect on it, but... Um, yeah, it'll, it'll take a little bit, I think, to, to get over it. Um, but yeah, they should feel very proud given the, the preparation that they've had. And um, also with the changeover of coach a, a couple of months ago, they, um, they should be proud of the performances they had.
0: Yeah, so especially in that group stage, they probably bounced back pretty amazingly considering the tumultuous time they went through in the last few months, probably one of the most tumultuous times in their history, if not the most tumultuous time. But you mentioned the quarterfinal system. What What is that? It's a bit strange.
1: Yeah, so uh, essentially um, it didn't reward finishing, you know, where um, – where you finished, uh, you end up, it's a, it's a knockout quarterfinal anyway, which is what it was in Rio as well. And, and unfortunately, they went down to New, New Zealand there. But, you know, it, it, um, top plays, I think it's you know, third in the other pool or whatever it is. But, you know, essentially you don't get too much reward for, for finishing top. Um, so there has been, you know, thoughts thrown around where, you know, potentially the top in each pool goes straight through and, and the other two teams, um, play off in, in, in a knockout game. And yeah, just, I guess to, to give a little bit of reward for, for such a strong pool. Um, but yeah, unfortunately it's a pretty brutal system and, and you really do have to be switched on for those knockout games and, um, it didn't fall their way this time.
0: Yeah, yeah, devastating to watch that game. But for those who didn't watch it, I know I spoke a bit about it, uh, reflected on it after it happened, but talking to a bit of an expert about it, I'll ask you this. Do you reckon India deserved the win or was it a kind of smash and grab performance where they just nicked one goal and held out from there?
1: Oh, I think, you know, they they won the game. They deserved the win. Um, they they played really well in the first First half, I think that the chances were that um, that we created were sort of equal to theirs. They um, were playing a really good style of hockey, probably quite uh, quite a different style than what they've played um, under previous coaches. I think that they, their stru- structure was uh, really good, and they were they're playing some some good attacking hockey and, and got the goal. Um, and then probably more in classic India style, they they defended light hell, um in the second half, and and uh, yeah, I mean. It worked for them, so you got to give them credit. There, they they scrapped it out and um, made it very frustrating for the Australian girls to to try to get the goal back. So, um, credit to them; absolutely deserve the win. Um, you got to turn up on the day, and and um, and that's what they did.
0: Mm, now, I, I know you're not neutral on this, and I'm not either, but you're definitely more knowledgeable than me. Did you consider India to have? Any chance? Obviously, any team can win on any day if they turn in the right kind of performance, but did you consider India much of a shot at all heading into it?
1: Oh, I think, you know, Australia would have absolutely gone in favourites, um, probably looking at the quarterfinal matchups on paper, it, it probably looked like, um, I guess, the easier quarterfinal for, for Australia to draw, um, to not come up against, you know, Holland or um, a Germany or something in a quarterfinal, um, you know, w- was good for them. But yeah, I think um, as you say, any, anyone's got a shot to win it when it's a, a knockout, cutthroat game. And uh, yeah, in the end, that, that's that's what India did. So it uh, doesn't really matter what it looks like on paper. You, yeah, it's it's all about the, the the day. And unfortunately, as I said, it didn't go Australia's way. And yeah, it'll it'll hurt for a little while. I think.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, you mentioned the Netherlands there, who Australia could have potentially drawn, and they they went on to win the tournament just uh, what half an hour ago or so. And friend of the show, Alison Anna, the coach of them, of course, so well done to her if she's listening, which she probably isn't. But they beat Argentina three uh, one, I think it was. Did you watch that game? Yes. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Well, what did you think of it? how did that game play out? Um, I,
1: I mean, I think. Holland had a had a pretty big point to prove from the start of the tournament. They they look like they are on a bit of a mission to win it, um, given their silver medal in Rio, which was probably a bit of a shock to everyone that they didn't win that one. Um, so they were sort of right on it from the start and going into the game. Um, I think yeah, Argentina probably didn't have a, a, an amazing tournament through the, the group games, but again, got themselves to that gold medal. Um, game and yeah I, I I think Holland went in absolutely as favorites as they would have done at the start of the tournament and yeah in there and in, in the end the class um, of the the team just shone through and and uh, yeah pretty comp- comprehensive win in the end and and thoroughly deserved I think um yeah they they're clearly the number one team in the world for a reason and um, yeah a very well deserved gold medal.
0: Mm, and the commentators were saying they've been the dominant team of the century and just lost in a shootout to Team GB in 2016, I think. So um, good on them for finally getting uh, their gold medal this time around. But uh, moving on to another bit of a heartbreaker in Australian hockey, the Kookaburras against Belgium. Jeez. Uh, the shootout loss after that one-all draw, the, how, how are you feeling after that?
1: Yeah, I think, um, again... It's uh, it's it's heartbreaking for for the boys to, to fall so short. Um, credit to them for making making that that gold medal medal game. Um, I mean they, they've had there was a, the huge disappointment in Rio when they, they they went out in the final stage and then t- two bronze medals before that. So a silver they should absolutely be very proud of. But again, I think will sting for a little while to, to come so close and to lose in a shootout. It's always a pretty pretty tough way to go down and um yeah i'm sure they'll reflect and and after they get over that that bit of disappointment they'll be they'll be pretty proud um of of the silver medal
0: Mm, yeah and people in here in australia definitely are despite their heartbreaking result as we said but kind of heading into paris 2024 do you reckon they've got the right kind of squad profile age profile uh within the team to have another red hot crack at gold
1: yeah, I think uh, I think the the depth in in Australian hockey, in the men in particular, is, is really really strong. Uh, you see guys like Tim Brand who had a who had a standout tournament, uh, and he's you know in his very early twenties. Uh, there there were quite a, I think it was a credit to them that there were quite a few young guys in the team that um, that they actually did as well as they did. Uh, so I think yeah, going in, into the yeah, now it's only three years away for the next next Olympics. Uh, they, yeah, I imagine they'll continue to be uh, an incredibly strong force in in world hockey, and and um, yeah, we'll we'll be right up pushing for a medal again uh, in a few years' time.
0: Mm, yeah, and number one in the world didn't didn't lose a single game in uh, regular time throughout that whole tournament. So it's going to take some team again in Paris twenty twenty four to knock them off. if They're anything like they were. This time, but I think that just about finishes it uh, for tonight, Georgia. So thanks so much for coming on again. You've been a legend all throughout this series, really. So really appreciate it.
1: All right. Thanks for having me back.
0: Thank you so, so much, Georgia, for coming on the show and teaching me about hockey, really, and teaching, hopefully, some of the listeners as well about, because when it comes to hockey, I am an absolute numb skull. I, I do not know anything, really. Well, one thing I do know, actually, that we haven't spoken about, the men's bronze medal match in the hockey. This was an amazing game. Even if you're not into hockey, you would have enjoyed watching this one. I must admit, I didn't watch it, but... Just reading the scorecard, check this out. So two minutes in, Germany went uh, 1-0 up. India, they equalized in the 17th minute. So it's one all after the 17th minute. Uh, then Germany go bang, bang, 24th, 25th minute goals. They'll go 3-1 up. By the 31st minute, oh, by the 34th minute, India has piled on four goals in a matter of nine minutes four goals in nine minutes they've gone 5-3 up That—that uh, that, in any sport four goals in nine minutes even even for like an Aussie rules game, four goals in nine minutes is pretty good. Uh, G- Germany scored another one to bring it back to 4-5, but India held on and they won themselves a bronze medal. So good on India. Very nicely done. Amazing game of hockey. Now, into our preview for what is happening today in the Olympic Games because there are only two days left and this day is – this is a big day. This is a very big day and there is stuff on – from early in the morning till late at night. So if you are in lockdown, if you, even if you're not in lockdown, I recommend just staying home on this Saturday watching the Olympics because savour it. There is not much of it left. So from 7 a.m. to probably about 9.30 a.m., we've got the Women's Marathon. So we've got fewer Aussies in this, Elise, Ali Pashley and a couple of other Aussies who... According to their names, they probably should be in other sports, really. We've got Lisa Waitman and uh, Sinead Diver, and it's Lisa Lisa Waitman's fourth Olympics in a row, which is amazing. Uh, The race has been moved to Sapporo, uh, because it's quite hot in Tokyo, 31 degrees in Tokyo tomorrow. They moved it up north to Sapporo, but little did they know, it's actually turned out to be a bit warmer in Sapporo, 34 degrees tomorrow, so... Regretting that decision? Maybe, maybe not. I guess it's hard to tell with the weather. But it's going to be, for those Aussies, it's going to be pretty tough to beat a couple Kenyans. And uh, Bridget Kos- Koske and Ruth Cepangetic, yeah, yeah, they'll be tricky to beat. They're the big favourites for that one. 7.30 a.m. though, from 7.30 a.m., we've got the final day of the women's golf uh, so we know Cameron Smith came very close to getting on the podium, just a few centimeters short of getting on the podium uh, for the men's golf. But we've got a couple Aussies in action in the women's golf from 7.30 a.m. Hannah Green and Minji Lee. And Hannah Green is equal third at the moment on at 10 under. Uh, so she could very much uh, find herself on the podium at the end of the day in the lead uh, from the U.S. at 15 under Nali Quarter and from India in second place, the Indian Aditi Ashok. So Hannah Green, hopefully, still with a shot for gold. I reckon I'm not a golf expert, but five, five shots under gold, maybe? There's a chance, I guess, unlikely, but podium spot, definitely realistic. Come on, Hannah, looking forward to that one. From eleven a.m. This is this is an interesting one. The diving, Cassiel Rousseau, he's in the men's ten-meter platform semi-final at, from at eleven. The finals at four p.m. So hopefully he finds himself in that. Sam Fricker got knocked out yesterday of the diving, so he won't be in it. And Cassiel's father, actually, oh, Grant sorry, grandfather, Michael Rousseau, was in the track cycling for France in Melbourne nineteen fifty six won a gold medal. So keeping, uh, keeping up a family tradition, if he gets on the podium for Australia this time, old Cassiol Rousseau, hopefully he can do us all proud at 1107 A.M. That's a nice little rhyming time. Eleven oh seven. We've got the women's K four five hundred meter semi final in the canoe sprint, and the final of that is at one nineteen p.m. We've got Aussies in that. What we've also got Aussies in is the men's K four five hundred meter semi final for the canoe sprint. Eleven twenty eight a.m. The men's one final at one thirty seven p.m. This is, this is one that I'm pretty interested in. 12pm, uh, the Stingers, the Aussie Stingers, the water polo team, are playing against the Netherlands for a fifth-placed finish. Uh, of course, Lena Mahalevich played her 50th game for the Stingers against Canada the other day, so congratulations to her. 51st coming up today against the Netherlands, who they beat in the group stage, of course, in a great, great win for them. Hopefully they can do that again and finish fifth and if not they'll come sixth because that is how it works at 12 30 p.m this is a huge one usa versus france in the men's basketball final 12:30 p.m rudy gobert and some other frenchmen who i don't know against a, a star-studded u.s team uh listen to some episodes with hayley wilds if you want to get to know those two teams a bit better because she is full she's brimming with basketball knowledge 3:30 p.m Uh, probably going to go until about 9pm, got Ed Fern on, an Aussie, in the men's pentathlon, the modern pentathlon for the men, uh, consists of fencing, swimming, riding, running, and shooting, of course, a weird little combination there, probably from medieval times or something, but quite entertaining to watch, I must say. 4.53pm, we have got uh, the two Matthews, Richardson and Glitzer in the men's Kieran for Australia. Uh, that That's going to finish tomorrow if they get through to those rounds tomorrow, but that's at 4.53 p.m. This is a bit of an interesting one. Glitzer, he's from South Australia. So uh, if he quarantines in a place where South Australia's borders are shut to, he's going to have to spend four weeks in quarantine uh, because uh, – that's how the borders work here. So hopefully he doesn't get sent to quarantine there. Rowan Dennis, Cole, Chalmers, and Maddie Wilson, and 31 athletes total from South Australia, might have to do four weeks quarantine. Jeez, I would drive myself mad with that. I'm driving myself mad with doing all these episodes, but that would make me go even more bonkers, I reckon. 5.55 p.m. Men's Madison final. The men's Madison, or the Madison in general, uh, very interesting one in the track cycling, 50Ks for the men, 200 laps, few Aussies in that one. And fun little fact, I heard on the commentary yesterday, did my own bit of research as well, it's called the Madison because uh, it started in America at Madison Square Garden. So there you go. And they call it the American race in some other countries, which is Hmm, I found that quite interesting. If you want a bit of an Olympic fun fact, 8.35 p.m. This is our final night session for the Olympic Games because, of course, we've got the closing ceremony tomorrow night. 8.35 p.m. though, uh, we've got a couple high jumpers in the women's final for Australia. Nicola McDermott and Eleanor Patterson, neither of them made any error in qualifying to this point. Uh, they both jumped at 1.95, which is... Respectable, if you ask me. Very much respectable. I definitely could not do that. I probably couldn't jump 1.95 centimetres, to be honest. And McDermott, she's a star. She's in great form. Uh, got a PB this year of 2.01 metres. First Aussie woman to jump two metres. Pretty good, if you ask me. 9 pm, another basketball one. The Boomers against Slovenia for the bronze medal. Australia chasing their first ever medal in men's basketball at the Olympics. Hopefully, we can go one better than we did against Spain in Rio 2016. Slovenia, of course, they lost to France. They were pipped by France by 1.90 to 89 in the semi-final. They were two points up at halftime. Just got pipped at the post. Lost by a point. Uh, they, they've got an absolute star on their team. Luka Doncic, Dallas Maverick, of course, in the NBA. NBA All-Star in the last two seasons. He's a gun. He's going to be tricky to stop. But... Boomers, they are also tricky to stop because they have got some very, very good players and great uh, team spirit, really. Bit of a cliche, but I reckon I like it. I like the Boomers. And uh, moving on, this isn't Australia related, but worth watching if you're much of a football fan or much of a sport fan, really. 9.30 p.m., a couple of heavyweights of the football world, Brazil and Spain, in the men's football final. Few stars in this one, and of course it's just the under twenty threes. But you can have a couple overages. uh Ricarlsson, sorry for Brazil. Uh, he, he's the leading leading scorer in the whole competition. He scored five goals, all of them in the group stage. Uh, Hat trick against Germany as well. He hasn't scored in the knockouts yet because Brazil haven't really scored too much. They beat Egypt one nil in the quarter, and then Mexico on penalties after a nil all draw. So haven't, hasn't really. His whole team hasn't really scored. But Spain, on the other hand, they smashed the Ivory Coast, Cote d'Ivoire 5-2 in the quarters. And then they beat Japan 1-0 after extra time in the semi. So Brazil-Spain at 9.30 p.m. in the men's football final to um, finish off the football tournaments in this one because we had the women's final, uh, which (laughs) frustrated me, as you heard before. That was really annoying. But 9.40 p.m., Uh, Moving on from that one, we've got the 1,500-metre men's final. One of the most anticipated events for Australians in these Olympic Games because we've got, not only have we got, Ollie Hoare, who is a gun in his own right. We've also got Stewie McSwain, who is considered a big medal favourite. Ollie Hoare's probably been elevated to that status after his semi-final performance. Uh, he broke the national record in the semi with a 3.32.35 run, 1,500 metres, that is nuts, three and a half minutes. Uh, but McS- McSwain then broke that record that Hoare just set with by over three seconds, or just under three seconds, sorry, 3.29.51 last medal we got in this event was Herb Elliott, gold medal in Rome in 1960. Uh, Favourites for this one. Uh, Jakob Inge, Ingebrigtsen uh, from Norway and Timothy Cherijot from Kenya and it's a field of 13. Two Aussies in it. Pretty good represent- representation if you ask me. Hopefully they can do very well to round off the night session, the stuff I recommend for the Olympics today. I've got the women's and men's 4x400 four metre relay finals from 10.30pm. So, hope you enjoy that one. Hope you enjoy your day of Olympics. Hopefully, you enjoy your day overall, wherever you are. If you're in lockdown, if you're not in lockdown, just have a good day. Be nice to everyone. Be happy. Keep those positive spirits up, guys. Uh, enjoy your day. Thanks for tuning into the show. Uh, my name's Harper. You've been listening to Tokyo Daily. Thanks again, guys. <music>